What's good, everybody? It's 99 Miles Per Hour Podcast with me, your host, Percy Garner. And if you're new here, uh, please subscribe and like. Uh, we make content about sports and uh, interview some interesting people. Uh, speaking of that, we got a special guest today. I'm excited. and uh, But before we get to our guest, I just want to remind you of my Discord. The link is below and uh, has a link to join our community where we talk about baseball and you can ask me any questions. We do a video, video review. Uh, so I encourage you to go ahead and tap that link. And um, yeah, without further ado, uh, let's move forward. So today, uh, our guest is, we'll say he's been in baseball for a long time. <laughs> and um, he is founder and CEO of Program 15. And he's the president of baseball oper operations for the Future Star Series. And I mean, the list keeps going on. He's a baseball analyst for CBS uh, TV, KHOU uh, 11 in Houston. And he is the co-host of the Extra Basis podcast. So I'm really looking forward and I want you guys to to give a warm welcome. And, and we're going to learn a lot about our guest today. And our guest today is Jeremy Booth. How are you doing, Jeremy? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Appreciate you having me. Of course, of course. So the first thing I want to do is kind of get this out of the way. So I'm. this is my first kind of episode with a guest um, of your caliber by myself uh, without my without my producer, Josh. Uh, I know he's missing this one, but he's on vacation. Uh, so he's going to make fun of all the errors I make. So... <laughs> Uh, bear with me, bear with me. Uh, but uh, I appreciate everybody listening. And I really I'm excited to get to know more about you. Now that I've been reading and 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 more about what you got going on. But, you know, there was an event you had uh, just this past. Uh, what was it? Few days or was it a, the uh, underclassmen uh, combine? And I kind of just want to follow up and see how that went and and just tell us what that's about. Yeah, so you know, we're first of all, as far as doing it by yourself, like, you know, my co-host in 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 Texas, man, you know, Jason Bristol has like thirty Emmys, right? And he's like, he's a sports anchor, he does all that stuff. I just get to show up and look pretty. That's the whole job, you know. And so I totally get it. Um, when it comes to uh, no, it comes to what we're doing here, series and, and program fifteen, we're in the middle of an event right now, which is a team tournament, it's a national championship. So what you're referring to. We just completed the class of 25 underclass combine. Um, now, on the surface, people would, would think it's a showcase event. Um, yeah, there's exposure that goes with that, right? I mean, it, it happens, but we're a development organization. And when we started back in two, uh, 2015, um, the genesis was development. Now, I say that because I started with, when I left Major League Baseball working as a scout. Um, I started, you know, I saw a bunch of pro guys who weren't really getting developed. There was kind of a miss here. It's like scouting would say this and development would say that. Um, you know, you played, you understand. Sometimes those two departments always talk to each other. And the players are kind of left in the middle trying to figure it out, right? Um, I thought there was a disconnect. And so when I was no longer with the club, I had a lot of people trying to come to me to train. 
because he just wanted to find out what's what's what am I supposed to be doing here to live into the role and try to get to the big leagues, right? Because I'm not getting it over here and I'm lost. That turn, you know, I started out with four or five pro guys turning into about 40 real fast. So I'm getting asked to do these lessons. I've been asked to do these, um, you know, this this teaching. And I've never been a big lesson guy, man. I just for me, it's just it's not something that, you know, I grew up, maybe I'm the old guy in the room now, 46 years old. Maybe that's me. Like the lesson industry, unless I've never done them, the lesson industry isn't for me. It just is I, I just I don't have a good feeling about doing it. I just want to the game was always paid forward with me organically, right? It was paid forward like just passed down. And again, not against guys making money and being paid for their time. I'm doing the same thing. But the one-on-one lesson is just not something I, I was in love with. Um and so we put together some camps and some development feedback and like, okay, this is what your tools say you should be. You know, and you, th- you fast forward, you take a look at the amateur space and you figure out, man, this thing's kind of a mess. Like it's all over the map, right? I mean, you got this parents that know this and kid that know that, you know, and, and I felt a little bit guilty to be honest with you, Percy, because, you know, in, in pro ball, you know, I've been in professional baseball for so long, 18, 19 years at that point, you're just so focused on your bubble. You're focused on what's happening with you. You're focused on your organization and nothing else. That's it. Because it's, it's such a dog-eat-dog situation, as you well know. You be there one day, and the next day you might be at the house. And that's how that works. And so you got to figure that out about survival. So, you know, you, you, I felt guilty. I was like, man, what happened? Like, at all this time, where did this come up? And I saw people who genuinely needed some help. It wasn't just the pro guys that needed some help. The kids needed some help. It was more about, at that time, just understanding. They just wanted to know. And I said, what am I, how can I be what I want to get to? You know, and I started tell, you know, telling them at that time, I said, look, 150 years, Major League Baseball has been around, give or take. In that time, 13 billion human beings have walked the face of the earth, okay? And with that, approximately, don't hold me to the exact number, approximately 750,000 of us have played, have been paid to play at any level. That's it. Not a million, not 5 million, not 1.6 billion, 750 GER. That's it. All we got. And so when you're look, looking at that, it's like, look, this is really, really, really hard to do. This is really hard to do. And when you when it speeds up and everybody's around you, you know, the genetic anomalies that professional athletes are, you know, it starts to separate. You start to think about it. We're not, we're not, you know, the it's, it's physically, we're not the average human. You can't do it can't do it it's a there's an anomaly there that comes with the athleticism and the coordination and all the physicality and then the mental process so separate from anything else that guys have to go through because at some point you find your athletic equal right okay so all of that to say these kids needed that information and they soaked it up now with program 15 which is really the evaluations and the player development focus and the feedback and all of that you know, exposure was something that, and you understand again, with having that big arm and being able to sign in, you know, exposure just happened. Just kind of happened. It shows up. When you do those type of things, you don't have to worry about the scouts in the stands or who's going to watch you because they won't be there. Because it's going to happen. Eventually, you're going to get an opportunity. We've gotten into a place where scouts didn't know where to go. Still don't. Everybody's trying to get a, everybody's trying to get a, uh, you know, a, 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 a dollar hold, if you will, on a certain demographic. And it just became less about baseball and it became less about proper teaching and became more about a rat race with confusion. So you balance baseball, 
decided they want to get involved in something that was going to have an impact. And the genesis of that, of Program 15, now turned into the Future Star Series. So the Future Star Series is essentially the event arm of what Program 15 does when it comes to development and scouting. Now, since then, we've grown and gone different directions, and you know, it's, it's, it, that's great. But for the baseball side of it, that's where we are. That's the Future Star Series, and that's the uh, that's Program 15. So the underclass combine, all of that history to get back to just one level of what we do, the underclass combine are the best players around the country that we've seen, including Canada and Puerto Rico, right? And we bring them together by class into an event. It was about 160 players this last one. Probably saw 1,000, 1,200 players to get through that, get to that number. Um, and it, that that will come into a three- or four-day camp, depending on what we do. Athletic tests, it's, it's our formula. So, you know, there's pro agility, there's a broad job, triple broad job, med ball toss. There's going to be a, a vertical job that we do. There's a you know, 10, 40, and the 60, and it's Pelotero testing, which is, you know, force plates. All these things that we do, vision, sight, that other people are doing pieces of now, which is something we'll talk about off camera. Now, so people are doing pieces of that, um, gives me a, an athletic score. And that helps me and helps the players understand the athletic profile, right? Where the deficiencies are, what they need to do to be able to improve, be the best physical version of themselves. And we all know basketball is one way, football is one way, baseball is another way. Bodies are a little bit different in each sport for that reason. So helping them understand how to do that, helping them understand how to balance um you know, cross training and, and how to be the best they can, uh, and then how that applies to an ultimate baseball role. I would say it's safe to say you profiled as a reliever, right? Why well, profiled as somebody who had hit the ball a long freaking way? And if I didn't do that consistently, right, we're going to have a job. This is what's going to happen. So you had to be able to put that together. Um, and these kids have an understanding of that as role building, you know, we thought would guarantee the better, best level of success as, as roles equal value. So, the 25s, we do that, watch them play some games, get that testing. It's a, it's We test it every time we see them. And the idea is that we're seeing these kids three or four times a year in different levels of, of base, different levels of width, and it helps them develop into something they're going to be. We're not here to replace travel teams. We're not here to replace uh, high school baseball, certainly. You know, we're not here to do that. It's a supplement. It's a guide in different places that allows them to have a high-level feedback and take it forward. And then from that in underclass combine, We'll select 50 players to go play this year's events in Fenway Park for that age. Now, we have two two different major league stadiums that we're using now. I'll say for on your podcast publicly for the first time, there may be as many as four, um, which will give us the only distinction of having that because the major league clubs are all behind us. You got 26 up, you know, and it's it's something that uh, that it were very gratifying to be able to do. But that was the focus of the 25 combine, and so from there. Um, we have a tournament now, 24 combine next week, which, which is for our main event. After those are done, there's a 26 combine. We'll pick all the rosters and then they'll get 50 players to get a chance to go play in this, uh, in the underclass league and family. Wow. That's awesome. Especially as a, as a, as a young kid and get an opportunity to play in a place like Fenway. I've never even got the opportunity to play in Fenway. So, uh, just to hear the story of how it all came together, where it started from, uh, it's am- it's amazing that you've you know made it this far. And obviously, you still have visions and things you want to accomplish. But just looking at it, you know, if I was a kid, 13, 14, 15, I'm like, this is where I want to be. And having something that you can like, okay, I know this is what I need to work on, instead of like, well, mine was pretty obvious, command, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> for uh, and I didn't need to run a forty and sixty to know that I was slow. But uh, <laughs> it's for for a lot of the players nowadays. And I kind of want to uh, talk about you know an alum you guys have that I believe who's playing for my my Guardians right now in Bo Naylor. But uh, just to see someone you know go through the program. And and now is reaping the benefits. Just got their first hit, then their home run, multi-hit game, and obviously his future's bright. Not everybody's gonna be Bo Naylor, but you know, and I don't want to jinx him. I try not to believe in jinx, but I'm a baseball player. Uh, <laughs> it, what it is, bro? With yeah, exactly. It, it's exciting though that the kids have a resource, and I'm jealous, of course. You know, we didn't have resources, but that's what everybody says. Back in the day, we didn't have this. But to see someone like Bo Naylor, you know, uh, who just got called up, uh, who was obviously a part of the the Future Stars series and all that stuff, what's that mean to you to be able to make an example like, see, this player right now, you know, he was able to find out, okay, this is what he had to work on to advance and better himself, and we were a part of that journey. Yeah, you know, so the the thing about Noah, he's a little bit, he's special a little bit to me, and, and, and I'll, I'll share that. Um, in, in some greater detail, but you know, the first big leaguer we have is a guy named Grayson Rodriguez, and he's with the Orioles now. Big starter, kind of a you know, I'm a scout, I'm a scout, so I'm going to give you comparisons, right? <laughs> he's a Matt Morris type, physical, big arm, 98 breaking ball. He didn't make his area code team, and the next year he was the 11th pick in the draft. Now he played in the area code games. He played with the uh, with the Nationals, but he didn't make the Texas team. Came to us, a little bit of a slow body. 91, 92, go get a four, you know, physical six foot five, still thought he could hit. Great kid. Just grubby, just one of the kids like asking questions and the eyes are wide. He's taking everything in, he's processing them. And, you know, he he ran with it. He was in the same event as Bo, same event as, as Bo, but um, you know, he was the first one. And I'm so proud of Grayson um, to be able to, to persevere and work through. Now, look, 11th pick in the country, you're not fighting a ton of stuff, right? But you're still fighting. You're still fighting. Everybody gunning for you because you were the 11th pick in the country. So he has to get through all these different steps. The work ethic, family, um, you know what he did to turn himself into that pick um, is a huge testament to his ability. I'm grateful that we were able to have some kind of relationship. We still do. I talk to I talk to the guys. I get personally invested in, in them um, in, in their careers and their pathway. I'm always a resource. I prefer to check in on them when they're not doing well. And to see how they're feeling as opposed to riding, you know, checking them when they are. Everybody else is trying to do that. And that's, they don't need me around when they're hitting 350 with, with 26, you know, 26 jacks and 90, 90 pops and 90 stakes. They don't need that. Okay. What they need me is when they're hitting 212 and it's been a bad month, you know, hey, man, what's up? How you feeling? Back okay. That's why, you know, I let, let guys go play and be themselves. I hate it when people are on top of me. I'm sure you felt the same way. You gotta have some space, and so I want to be the resource for them when they need it, because it's not about me; it's about them. Now, so Grayson and I, we communicate. He heard his back last year. I sent him a text with just you know the eyes, the eyes emoji, you know, and he's like, "Yeah, my back ain't great. I'm going down. I got to get you know." So it's one of those, and then he gets called up, and mom tells me, and she says, "You can't tell anybody. He's coming to the big leagues," and you know, so those type of things are pretty good. Um, you know, and Grayson's great with with the Nailers, and I say Nailers plural. Um, you know that relationship started back in 2000. Well, I was scouting, so 2013, and Josh went 12 
I believe in the country of the Marlins, 11 or 12. So, um, guy named Sean Travers, man, the Ontario Blue Jays program for a long time. And now he runs Mississauga Tigers. Canada, it's almost all travel baseball. It's all academy, all travel baseball. And Sean turned out tons of big leaguers. OBJs, as they were known, turned out a ton of players. And, you know, Josh went 11 in the country. So Sean and I developed a relationship over time. Um, I was connected to the baseball Canada scene, the players that were in there. We ended up drafting somebody in Seattle. Got to know them pretty well through being part of the community in Toronto a little bit, just as, as that part of my life. And Josh and I developed a relationship. And so, you know, Josh, I showed up to the ballpark with Josh, and he's with Team Canada there in Dominican. I, on the first baseline to see him, and I got to see Mike Soroka's on that team, and, you know, some other guys, you know, just those two have had the best careers, some other guys on the club. And um, it must 2015, probably 2015. And I go in there. And I'm looking at Josh, and Josh is stretching, and he kind of leans over, looks over at me, and I'm just standing there, and he gives me that the head nod, you know? I give him the head nod back, you know? I'm like, you all right? He goes, yeah, I'm good. You know, Josh is such an engaging person. He's so great with what he does, you know? So, um, you know, he's, he's certifiable. Don't don't kid yourself. He's certifiable, bro. I mean, I, I, Josh, I don't even want to know what he's thinking. That man <laughs> is a bad man, you know? He's rocking the baby, talking about, you know, he's slap, slapping air fives, you know, the fans, you know, all kinds of stuff. But jo- you know, Josh has so much fun doing it. And then there's Noah. And I saw Noah play through, you know, through Sean, and Sean goes, look, you got to see this guy. He's not, he's, he's you know, Team Canada, like, you know, he's Team Canada famous, and they don't think he can catch, and they're not sure he can hit. And I'm like, and Sean goes, I think he might be the best player I've ever seen. So Travers, he's telling me that. Now, obviously, this is, you know, at the amateur level, right? Best I've ever had or seen. So I go in and I see Noah. And I wish I could tell you this is some kind of great scouting job I did. This, this wasn't hard. You know, this one wasn't easy. You know, and he's swinging the bat. You know, and it's like it's easy. You know, swings he's taking right now, that's him. Like the ones that line drive the other way, staying in the zone, ball getting the ball out to left center field over the wall. I mean, to me... That's Noah Naylor. It's not the guy that's that's over swinging it and, and yanking a little bit. And I did get on him on Twitter about it. I did get <laughs> on him. I stopped trying to yank the ball. You know, just go back to hit and sure enough, bang, 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 bang. You know, this is a kid who they said couldn't catch. They said he couldn't catch. Now, in Canada, Percy, you know, most times they're getting 80 45. What they got? 80 45, 82 86. You know, they don't have a lot of the, I mean, now's a little bit different, but even five, eight years ago, they didn't have all the fire that we have down here in the States. We have guys everywhere throwing hard, right? And that's what that was. So he just wasn't used to catching it. That's all. He wasn't used to catching it. He wasn't used to speed of the game. He just needed to do it. But the hands were there. The feet were there. He's probably a 70 athlete on 28 scale for me. Uh, he made a play the other night. You may have seen the pitch out or the ball that was missed. He went for a pitch out. So ridiculous. That's a, that's, a, that's a 70 athlete type of play, right? He, he ran a 6'4". In front of me on my watch, he ran a six four. Wow. Um, he had played that way and such an easy approach. And I was like, bro, you're the best player in the world. It, and I had seen enough of it at that point in time to be able to say, this is the best age appropriate player in, on the planet. And I told him and I sat him down and I said, hey, man, look, I don't have this conversation with but really anybody because your brother was a first rounder or went to like a 12. You can go ahead of him. You go ahead of him. And, and, and he showed up. So, you know, flash forward the next year. This is where I had a lot of fun. Noah shows up, does his thing. He's Noah, he's gone. Okay, cool. Next year, we're in the draft. I'm doing TV, right? So I got to do some draft analysis on the Astros, and the Astros is a whole other topic. We don't have time for today, bro. <laughs> you know, yeah. So 
I'm doing some, some draft stuff on the Astros, you know, and I'm like, there's no way Noah's going to get to where the Astros pick. There's just no chance. Sure enough, there were opportunities ahead of them for somebody else to take him, and they just kept passing. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. What is the deal? And, and now they don't know where he's going to play, and they don't want to pay him. So sure enough, the Astros pick is coming up, right? And I'm just going, in the studio, I'm looking at Jason going, they're not going to take him. He's going to get there. They're not going to take him. He should. He should, but they're not going to. Sure enough, bro, they drafted Seth Beer. And I was like, what just happened? What, what, what just happened? Seth Beer, buddy, is back in double A. Okay? You know, yeah. Out of class. And then 28th threat, the then Cleveland Indians select Noah Naylor. Now, the Indians have done a very good job of drafting and developing players. There's no way around it. Have they won something with it yet? Nah. But they've done a really good job of drafts and development. And Scott Barnsby, who is their scouting director, uh, might be a VP of scouting now, we're pretending on the title. He's on our advisory board. And so Scott and I go back. The Indians actually, or Guardians actually, have quite a few players that have come through our system. If, if you're a guy in our stuff, they're all over you. I, I give Barnes a, a hard time about it all the time, but Daniel Espino, future stars. Um, Petey Halpin, Future stars, right? So you still go down the list. They got some some dudes in there, and uh, Paul Gillespie and Jimmy Melendez and the scouting staff over there. You know, Brad, those dudes. All, those are my guys. I mean, they all do a good job. So, um, yeah, they take Noah, and the rest is history, bro. I mean, that's it. The rest is history, and he just turns into Noah. You know, <laughs> he's an eighty makeup kid. He's uh, he's somebody that you know he, he, he deserves everything he's going to get. He was overlooked out of high school. He's going to change your clubhouse. I cannot say enough positive things about Bo Naylor. Like, I'll be here. We'll be here till like a month from now just talking about <laughs> how great this is. One of my favorite topics in the world. Um, it's gratifying to have been a small part. I think if there's anything I did for Noah, it was uh, he trusted me to center him a little bit. He trusted the feedback I gave him. Not that he needed to hear, just the feedback approach in here. The ability is the ability, you know? His parents and, and his brother, that is what it is. That's God given. That's had nothing to do with us and and the Sean and Sean Travers and the OBJs. That's got you did a great job helping him. And it, you know, I just showed up for him, I think, at the right time for him mentally to be able to process things and understand it. Um, and to be able to encourage him to stay behind the plate because I know they were doubting it and I never saw any other position from the play. I didn't get it. I was like, This is a gold lover. I don't know what you guys are looking at. This is a gold lover. So um, you know, as you can tell from from our 10, 15 minutes together, I'm I'm not exactly shy with my words. I'll say exactly what popped my mind. And so the Twitter world has to wear it for the rest of their lives. I said no one's going to catch. I said he was going to hit. I, I would have taken him, you know, up top of the board, but he went where he went. Cleveland's a good place. Yeah, I mean, I got the experience, obviously, uh, playing with the Guardians. Coming from the Phillies, wasn't a good marriage with the Phillies, but uh, just clicked with uh, the people, you know, Rigo, who's now the bullpen uh, coach, was my pitching coach for a couple of years. And I worked with Ken Knudsen down there. So yep. I agree with you. They can develop talent. And uh, I think, obviously, they've done a good job. Because uh, some organizations can, I know his talent is undeniable, but there's plenty of talent people that maybe should have been able to, maybe didn't have Bo's me mental makeup. But that organization can sometimes mess with people. <laughs> Not making excuses for myself. 
But are you being gentle, bro? There's organizations that will just end your career. You know it. I mean, they get out there. And I'll, I can say it. Don't, you don't have to. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll let you do it. She's out there just injured your career. It's like, oh, hey, me, I need some help. And, you know, that's where he is. Hey, what am I doing about here? I don't know, man. Go watch video. Right? And they, don't, they don't do anything. They just, you got to figure it out. You know, you're helping. So the, the Guardians do a great job. They really do. Great job. Tristan McKenzie, another one. Do a great job evaluating. Yeah. Tristan also, somebody I've gotten to know. Great kid. A grown man now. To me, you know, again, nothing to be the old guy in the room <laughs> till a kid. But, you know, I mean, you, you know, it's, it's, um, They've done an exceptional job of identifying, selecting, um, asking the right questions, and then role building, right? They role build through. They weren't, they understood Josh's makeup, they understood Tristan's makeup. They're, they're one of the, and, and we can, I'll say, again, we can say this, but they're one of the more diverse organizations out there, not just in how they think and approach things from level, from, you know, the bottom level of minor leagues from scouting to the big leagues, but just the player makeup. If you look at it, it's a freaking cross section. Right, you've got a little bit of everybody. You got the Latin infusion. You got the domestic flair. You've got uh, the pedigrees in these players. Um, to me, with even without winning the World Series, that's where the Guardians are a model. I don't agree with everything they've done when it comes to the scouting staff, and I, that's not that's just I don't have a different vote. I don't vote, but I don't agree with everything. But for the most part, they're a model when it comes to how they've approached player development, evaluation, and if I have a high school kid, especially, especially a high school kid. And he's got to develop and grow. And I got an organization that drafted it. They're at the top of that list. Oh, okay. I like that. That's good to hear for all you uh, Cleveland fans out there. Um, now, just hearing you talk about Bo and how Program 15 and the Future Stars series began, we know you're passionate. And we got a great understanding now of you know, what your mission is. Uh, but speaking of mission, you know, I'm the director of an organization that's a nonprofit. Uh, and I kind of want to, I was going to talk about your book, but I want to save that for last. I kind of want to quickly go over because I love platforming organizations that are, you know, got a great cause and it's undeniable. Like, okay, this is a positive thing. Let's, let's contribute. Um, and I know I've talked about RBI and stuff like that, but I want to talk about the Future Star Series Foundation. Now, I tried to look up a little bit of stuff, but obviously you're going to uh, explain a little bit more than me. So just tell us about the Future Stars uh, Series Foundation. Yeah. So, you know, Percy, the, when, we, when we found it, when I found it, I guess, I hate to say, I don't like saying the word I because it's never, it's never an I. It's always a team, right? It's a team behind us, team with you. Um, when the Future Star Series Foundation was found, was was created, um, the whole idea was to help bring sports, specifically baseball, to families, regardless of economic status, at a at a at a rate that allowed them to not make life decisions to go play sports. Okay, and I personally believe, I believe that baseball has gotten out of control. We have the best. I mean, you know, I, I'm putting these events on. I've been fortunate to have some pretty good partners and relationships. And others people, other people do as well. But all those relationships, believe it or not, are built on either goodwill or they're built on revenue, right? And so if you go to a city to do an event, for example, that city's got to have a revenue impact. If there's no revenue impact on hotels and tourism and stuff like that, then you have to pay costs for these things. And so there's always a model that you have to create. Now, 
what we've been able to do, thankfully, on just the for pay side is limit that to one round of event, just the initial identification event, right? And then mm-hmm. lower the cost of everything else we do to basically zero. These families, what they have to be able to do is pay for their own travel to a point. Um, mm-hmm. And then we take donations and we put on events and we have these players have a chance to do one of two things, earn travel stipends back for themselves if they hit certain tiers when they fundraise or and or contribute to other 501c3s. This year's charity of choice is No Kid Hungry. Last year, we did multiple cancer foundations and we let the players choose where they wanted to go with it. Um, we've rebuilt houses in, in hurricane-torn cities like Lake Charles, Louisiana. Um, you know, we've we again done the, the, the cancer stuff. We worked with Jimmy Fodden in Boston with Fenway. Uh, before we were in City Field, we talked to the boys and girls clubs up there in New York. Didn't do anything with them yet. Talked to them. The whole thing whole genesis of this, the whole foundational idea is that if we're going to create these opportunities for you to be the best version of you, you can be learning accountability, growing mentally, see players from around the world, traveling a little bit. We're going to create this stuff. We're going to fund it. We'll fund it together. If we're going to do that, you have to make somebody else's life better because I believe in accountability. And there's lots of people out there. If we're just being as honest and as, and as just wide open as we can be, while I truly believe that I've earned whatever happens in my life, I had doors open for me. I had people help. I had people assist. I didn't even get to wherever today is. In, in, I'm sitting in, in, in Brian Ryman's office at Lipscomb University. Well, we have our conversation before I go bang out the weights down the hall. Okay. And I can say to you that I didn't get to this moment in time without help. Somebody helped me somewhere. Somebody opened a door. Somebody gave me the mentorship. Somebody pushed me. My parents raised me. My grandparents, we've all had those type of foundations. Not everybody has that. Now, I don't believe they should be, that, that we need to judge people who are trying to make an effort for their lives based on what their, fa- their financial background is, whether it's $10 million or 10 bucks. I don't believe in that. I think that we all have our own lot in life and we all have our own control our own destiny. For me, the idea is, look, if we're as fortunate as we are to have these opportunities to be able to make something of ourselves, right? It's not promised. You still got to earn it. But I'm going to open up the door and give you an opportunity to make something of yourself. And I'm going to do it the best way I can so your family can rededicate resources back to your college education or into your life or into other brothers and sisters you may have, or to not have to look at the gas pump and go, you know what? Do I fill up this tank of gas or do I go buy lunch for a week? I'm going to try to open these doors and you got to go ahead and make somebody else's life better. That's the accountability I want to be able to teach through baseball. Going back to that number, man, we have 13 billion people walking the planet, 750,000 of us got a chance to play and get paid to do it. There go, all of these children, all of these young men are going to end up being adults and fathers and, 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 and husbands and uh, doctors and lawyers and teachers. It doesn't matter. They're going to impact their community somehow. Whether that's a small bubble, whether that's a bigger fishbowl, whatever that is, you're going to impact their community. They have to understand these lessons of what it means to pay it forward. They have to. And the foundation is purely designed to make sure that these kids understand how to earn something for themselves, continue to earn every step of the way because nobody gives it to you. Nobody cares. They just don't. Nobody gives us anything. Nobody cares. Now it's on Friday for you tomorrow. They did cry for you yesterday. And when you're gone, the people that loved you will mourn you for a minute. And then it's on to the life. That's just how life works. So you have to be able to continually earn it, 
and realize that the world and the people around you, everybody you interact, is watching how you behave, watching what you say, listening, seeing what you do, how you approach it, and it's making an impression. Be accountable, pay it forward, make somebody else's life better. And if there's anything that I do in my life at, with a game that I that I poured everything into, and I do mean everything, that frankly doesn't care if I'm around or not. The game don't care. So if people are in it, might game don't care. And I got to leave it better than I found it. And I can do that through the helping these kids get where they're trying to go. So, um, you know, I think that was the goal with the foundation was to try to make them have some level of accountability, you know, to earn some things and help some people who don't have the fortunate opportunities they do to try to help them become something and a better part of their lives. That's what's up. Uh, I mean, there's, there's no way you can say no to that. So, um, I appreciate you explaining that. And I mean, it's laid out there. It's obvious people, we know the challenges of, uh, of certain groups of people or, you know, whether you are blessed, like you said, um, or you're not let's, let's help each other out. So, uh, I'll put the link down in the description, uh, on ways that you can contribute, uh, to the future star series foundation. Um, and then I kind of want to, uh, go in before we get out of here. I want to get, cause you know, I'm going to be purchasing this book. I just have to decide if I want the Kindle version or the action <laughs> making that decision. Uh, but can you talk like, well, first I wish I had a copy to hold up right now, <laughs> it's okay. it's but, uh, I think this is something that people aren't too aware of. And obviously you're already given, you know, some of the cheat codes to the, to the kids that are involved in program 15. But I think this book, you know, outside looking in, haven't read it, I'm assuming it gives more, uh, you know, inside look to how a scout thinks. I mean, it's called, you know, inside the mind of a scout. So I'll just ask, why do you think it's been so successful? So I, I'll say this, it was, a, um, I'm very grateful that you know, for a few weeks, so it was number one or two and mostly number one and leverage all different categories. Right. Um, the way that works is that when people buy them consistently, cause it kind of goes in waves, right. You go up and down the list and it settles after some time. And, um, you know, it's it settled into a place where now you know, people will find it. People are starting to leave reviews. I had a couple of Astros fans who I kind of made upset. We used to really fake reviews on Amazon. My dad was like, Hey man, if you're doing stuff like that, you're doing it right. I'm like, out of boy, that's what I'm talking about. Thanks, you know. Um, but it's uh it, it's it's been successful, I think, because the information that's in it is is so parents can understand or direct their kids. Now it's not there's a lot of guys in a lot of books who have tried this. It's not a recruiting book, it's not a um mm -hmm. it's not a story, it's not telling a story. What it is is this is what guys are looking for. This is what it means. This is what data is like. This is what these grades are. This is how you get to here. This is the process to that. This is the, you know, even events, navigating events. You know, I run events and I'm supposed to tell you the future star series are the best events in the world and everything, everybody, every player that ever breathes should come to our events, you know, and I'll be the first person to tell you that's not true. I, I, I can't, I can't say that. There's some players that aren't, that don't need to be here. There's a different set of events that will help them the best, right? Now, from a player development standpoint, I would take the R's against anybody. And I do mean anybody. But sometimes this just isn't the fit. And you have to be able to navigate yourself through things that make sense. Um, and so that's in there, right? It's it's written so that 
players understand what a 40 grade arm is. And so they understand how to develop themselves to a 60 grade arm and what it means if you can hit and that hit tools in a certain spot or play in the middle of the diamond. That's what it's for. So it understands how to go ahead and market yourself, how the, how, what the value means, and then a little bit of a, of a guideline of how to turn some of these analytical numbers we have, right, into, into actual playable tools, some skills. So um, it's been successful, I think, because it, it hits the nerve. I think it hits a nerve with people that they want to be able to um, understand what people are thinking that they're not saying. Now, I don't believe in the term gatekeeping when it comes to this. I'll, I'll say a little bit of trade secrets, but I don't think I don't think gatekeeping. That said, if I sat down with with, with John Q. Parrott and I spoke the baseball language, truly spoke the baseball language of the one percent of the one percent that you've lived, that you understand, that I understand, because you've been part of it, the head would just do this. There's just no chance you're going to get that. It doesn't work that way, right? You have to be in it and 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 absorb it at a time. So it's really made down so that parents can understand. And I had Grayson Rodriguez's mom, she bought it, right? And so she read it and she tried to post a review on Amazon and it was, I think, it, I'm not sure if it's been there yet, but it was exceptional. You know, some of the guys I signed, they got it. And they're like, man, I wish I knew this on the way in, you know, the kids that have been here, you know? And so I think that's why. I think it's it's, it's one of the books that needs to organically spread. It's, it, hey, you need to read this. You know what I mean? Something like that. It's not it's not designed to be sitting there, you know, in um you know, as, as a, as, as a, you know, big display when you walk into Walmart, you know, that's not what it's for. It's not that Walmart display where you walk in and go, Hey, James Patterson, no, Jeremy Booth and James Patterson, two completely different planets of authors. Right. Um, but it is designed to be like, you know what, you're going to, you're an athlete. You want to understand this. You want to see what they're looking for. You know, this is what the makeup means. This is what the, what the application of that looks like. Read this. That's what it's for. And I think with that mindset, it'll make a difference. Now, thankfully, I get to walk around and say, "Oh, best-selling author," <laughs> and, I'll, and I'm and I I am going to. I promise you that I am going to make sure I use the. I drop it all the time. You know, you know how to do this if you have my book Inside the Mind of a Scout. Available on Amazon, fourteen ninety nine. I drop it all the time. Have a great time with it. It's something in my Twitter bio, I think I put best-selling author, comma, apparently, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to leave it up there. I'm just going to have a good time with it as long as I can. So, um, you know, I, I think for, for those of us that have lived it, looking back on it, it'll resonate, right? It'll understand you've got, you know, you've done it. So it'll resonate with you. Yeah. But for a parent coming in, if it helps you understand how to help your, your child and understand where to direct them, how to save your, save some money a little bit, you know, and again, I'm a guy in the event industry. I'm running events. That's what I'm doing. And I'm saying, wait a minute, time out. Learn your kid first. Learn where he's going. Understand the scholarships. Understand how to build that. Understand when is the right time and where to go. And then how to position himself. These are the odds. What does college look like? What what falls into college versus pro ball? You know, and I've been thankful to be able to have some pretty good mentors along the way that contribute it, um, contribute to it. Bobby Heck wrote the um He's a special assistant to the GM with Tampa. Yeah, he wrote the foreword. It was incredibly humbled that he did that. Um, I asked him to. Don't you know? I did. I called him and said, "Hey, man, I got a request." He's like, "What's that?" I said, "I need you to write my foreword." He goes, "That's not a small request." I said, "No, sir, it is not. I still need you to be able to do it." And he did it. Like, you know, cause book just came out in May. He did it in the middle of draft season. He's like, "I need him." Yeah. And I said, like, "Oh no, gosh. yeah." So I mean, you know, to have that type of relationship and respect and. Um, um, you know, rapport, brotherhood on this side. It's a special group and special connection. And 
what I think that we've all learned it, learned as we go into it is how much passion we all have to get back to it. And so hopefully that does that. Hopefully it's it's something they can uh, they can run with and make something out of, out of their careers. Awesome. I'll also put the link to buy the book in the description as well, uh, as long as we, uh, as well as your social media links as well. So, thank you. So that this this content has been has been amazing. You know, I I appreciate you sharing a lot of this stuff. Obviously, you're not bashful. You you're ready to share. Hi, <laughs> nah, bro. I'm not shy. Nah, nope. I'm like, there's many things I might be. I might be tall. I might be brown. You know, I might, might have, but I am not shy. That's not the thing. That's not what I am, so. we, we have that in common. Um, yeah, now, I'm just going to do one last question. Um, and I'm, I wanted to ask one, but I'm like, you know what? So I don't know how big you are into content creation, I love, I've been wanting to make YouTube video videos since before I was drafted baseball in two, 2008, 2009. I was afraid to go on camera, but obviously it's a part of culture. It's part of people's resumes now. Do you think moving forward, it's going to play a bigger role in being discovered, even with resources like Program 15 and Future Star Series? Do you think you're going to see more and more athletes in general just making content of them playing and all this stuff and kind of, you know, getting exposure that way. Do you think that's a real thing? Without without question, I think it's necessary. I think the more players can put together things that they do and stay at the forefront of that. Now, it doesn't, there's there's such a thing as oversaturation and overexposure, right? But that would apply to events on site at the same time, right? Whatever you can do to stay relevant, um, there's a couple of tools that we're going to start using. I'm, I was, you know what, Percy, we're going to have a groundbreaking podcast. I'm announcing something else with you. <laughs> <laughs> deal with with athletes go live. That'll be you know public effectively this moment in time, but it'll really be public a little bit later. Um, where players have these the ability to do just that, they have the ability to train and put content together. And if Percy Garner is coaching in Ball State, for example, and he wants to see a player work out, he can flag that player and look at it and watch that player work out and train. That's all content. Right. Oh, we live no. in a content. We live in a content world. We live in a situation where people are looking for stuff, and, and right here, right here, that's what they're doing. Let me look at my phone. Let me see what came across. Let me watch this YouTube video. True story. I don't even watch TV. I just yeah. cut my cable because I'm like I don't do it. I watch then I watch the sports. Right. I get my news from Twitter and the, and the basic channels that I get. Now there's misinf on these things, but I you know that's where it goes, stuff comes across. I have every app and every newspaper on my phone. I have everything I need to see at home. I watch YouTube, Amazon Prime, Netflix, and a couple of cable channels. That's it. Yeah. The days of super speak that are 400 channels are over. So if I settle on YouTube and I want to see Percy Garner bits, I'm going to go Percy Garner. Oh, there it is. Bang. And I'm going to watch. And I think that the more content you can make that shows you in a a light that presents your personality, that presents what who they're getting, what they're buying, because everybody's buying. They're all buying something, right? They're all buying something. We're all customers. We're all consuming. We're all buying something. And the more you can promote yourself as an athlete, the better off your life is going to be when it comes to achieving your goals. That content can be key. Um, I don't recommend you know creating it without any kind of uh, guidance. I would say that for, for a young kid, you know what I mean? But I would say that doing it 
is certainly the process. And I think you were onto something, you know, 12, 13 years ago, whatever that was, and you were trying to get it going because it's a good idea and it's certainly here to stay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wish that you could always say, oh, I wish I can go back in time, I would have did things. But hey, I'm making content now and, uh, you know, uh, and sharing information that I think is valuable. Um, I appreciate you coming on the show. I know your schedule's crazy, about to get a lift in, making me feel bad that I'm not lifting. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got an excuse. My son's championship game, I got to get to. Uh, but thank you. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show again. And, uh, you know, you know, maybe down the road we can make some connections. And uh, once my wife lets me out the house, I can come check out some pro program 15 and <laughs> future star series to look at our future players. And um, but yeah, again, um, I appreciate you. And uh, this will be uh, one of the episodes that I really cherish because it's I learned a lot new today. And if you've watched any of my old episodes, that's kind of what this is about. I play it off like, hey, this is for the audience, but it, it's just really for me and it's an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we're going to have to talk some more, you know, off camera sometime. Uh, but yeah, um, like I like I've said for the third time, appreciate having you. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll see you um, on all the socials. I got to follow you on Twitter. <laughs> all that's going to be posted below. Yeah. And uh, excited to have you. My bad, my, my brother. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Um, you know, if you, you know, I, I would say that you know all this content we talked about, you can find it inside the my scout on Amazon, fourteen ninety nine. You know, if you were Kindle version four ninety nine, you, know, you make the call, you make the decision. <laughs> but uh, look, look forward to uh, look forward to connecting again soon. And thanks so much for, for for the conversation. Oh yeah, no problem. Have a good one. All right. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, remember to like and subscribe. Uh, we're on our journey to a thousand subscribers. And, you know, tell me how you like the set. I tried to make something out of nothing. You know, this ugly wallpaper. It's all good. I'm trying to do the best I can. You know, can't wait to get Josh back. Uh, but, you know, I'm liking the lights and, this. you know, Jim Hoey blessed me with this mic. Uh and you know, all, all I'm gonna know, you guys all know I'm a nerd for all the tech and all this stuff. So I'm excited. But uh, but I appreciate you guys listening, like always. And remember, link to the Discord and the link to if you want to connect with our guest, uh, it will be all below. So thank you guys, and we'll see you next podcast. Peace.